0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast QB Week 1 Edition. I'm your host, Ian Harditson. We've made it. Week 1's here. Hopefully your fantasy drafts are in the past. If not, good luck. We're on the week 1. Let's get after it. Format of today's show riding solo going to be going through some of the best worst matchups of the week streamers of the week pressure index get into a couple questions about the week one ranks goal here give you a great primer on the entire quarterback position hopefully about 15 or 20 minutes so with all that said let's get right into it best matchup of the week got to go to aaron Rodgers facing those minnesota vikings so not the worst defense ever, like not sitting here trying to shit on them. But if we get healthy versions of Neil Hunter, Darius Smith, maybe they can cause some problems, you know, for Rodgers and company. But, man, he has owned this defense. And that was before Mike Zimmer left town. Last four meetings, 364 pass yards, four touchdowns, QB three, 291 yards, three touchdowns, QB four, 385 yards, four touchdowns, QB two. 288 yards, two touchdowns, a QB nine. So literally hasn't thrown an interception in their last four matchups. This is still a secondary led by way past the prime, Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler. PFF's 18th ranked secondary as a whole. I think Aaron Rodgers Wow, We know the ceiling here in fantasy land might not be as high as past years. Guys, 300 yards and three or four touchdowns just feels inevitable in this spot that he has owned for the better part of the last few years. Matchup I'm a little more cautious of, Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford versus the Buffalo Bills. So the elbow thing is a little bit of a concern. Let's see him out there and make sure that he is as as healthy as Sean McVay and some of these other guys are saying, but also just the matchup. So on the one hand, it is Rams-Bills, likely going to be a shootout, you know, one of the highest game totals of the week. On the other hand, this is the reigning number one defense in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to opposing QBs. No Tredavious White for the Bills early in the season on the pup list. With that said, Von Miller in town, this could be a freaking scary defense. So Rams implied to score 25.5 points, just taking the spread versus the over-under. It's not the sort of, you know, shoe-in spot that we're, that we're used to with this offense. You know, we have Joseph Noteboom filling in for Andrew Whitworth. I just wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those not-so-great games out of Matthew Stafford. You look at Aaron Rodgers versus the Vikings, Matt Ryan versus Texas, Jameis Winston versus the Falcons. I'm not saying I would start Ryan or Winston over Stafford necessarily, but this is, I think, out of that range of passers that we've constantly put in this group. Stafford, Rodgers, Cousins, Carr, Rodgers has the worst matchup. Not Rodgers, Stafford has the worst matchup of those guys this week. My bowl call of week one. I think Trey Lance works as the overall QB one. We've been on the Trey Lance hype train all offseason long. And for good reason, that's sweet, sweet rushing upside. 11 to 12 signal callers to get at least 125 carries in the season. Went on the to post top 12 fantasy production on a per game basis over the past 10 years. PFF projects Trey Lance for a solid 133 total rush attempts in 2022. I'm not trying to shit on the bears here. I just think that Trey Lance versus basically any team deserves to be a top seven quarterback at this point, right there with the top tier of quarterbacks that offer that true dual threat upside. So no Khalil Mack in Chicago now. You know, we still got Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson. Not saying it's a sure thing. I just think that Trey Lance, with all that rushing ability, it's going to be hard to really get him to bust more weeks than not because even if they trail, okay, now we're playing from behind with a faster pace than normal, maybe even passing more. And if we're up, okay, Trey Lance is a big part of the run game. So I think we're going to find out in a hurry just how much of a value Trey Lance was throughout the offseason my streamer of the week, and I get it. It's week one. You might not even need the stream, but this will be a little bit more important, you know, in here in future weeks, once the bye weeks start coming in. But I am going to go with Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. I know, AJ Terrell, absolute stud, he was one, one of, if not the best, cornerback in the league last season. That did not stop the Falcons from being one of just six defenses to allow at least 20 fantasy points per game. So they added Casey Hayward. He's 33 years old now. I mean, this is the league's reigning 37-ranked defense and pressure rate. So it's just one of those situations where I don't really think they're going to be able to pressure Jameis all that much. And now you look at the offense – Michael Thomas, Chris Alave, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara. This is a completely revamped Saints passing game. Jameis Winston was put on this planet to put up great numbers in a mediocre team. I think he gets that going in a major way starting in week one. My streamer of next week trying to get ahead of the waiver situation if you think you need to. Once again, probably already have your starter here for the first four weeks of the season, hopefully knocking on wood with those injuries, but this will be more important here, you know, week five, week six or so. So streamer of next week that I'm anticipating everyone talking about is going to be Jared Goff versus the Washington Commanders. Uh, it's going to be a situation where he is going to be home against the Washington defense without Chase Young for at least the first four weeks of the year. PFL's 24th ranked secondary. They had a few corners in there, you know, Fuller and William Jackson that I do think probably had a down year last year and maybe can improve, but looking at Jared Goff, he did have four separate top 11 finishes last year. This would be the sort of the matchup that I think could also yield one of those higher-end outcomes for him. Major risers of the preseason in future weeks. We'll just do major risers of last week. But during the preseason, it's got to be Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. They won their quarterback competitions. No, we're not exactly you know lining up to play them this year. But let's just give them a, a little bit of credit here. You know, Both Smith and Mayfield have more than a few places to go with the football on any given play. Looking at Geno, Metcalf and Lockett, Mayfield – DJ Moore, Robbie, maybe even some of you, Terrence Marshall stands are still out there. Uh, Gino last year and even this is preseason man has been playing a lot of good football. Talk on the main event stream with Dwayne about how the Ringer Stephen Ruiz actually has Gino ranked as his twenty second uh, QB going to the year. Still bad, but I think that's probably even if you want to drop him a few spots, you know, put two ahead of him, put whoever you want. I really think. Gino is more bad than like worst quarterback in the league. So that's my, you know, big hot take here with Gino Smith. Uh, In terms of Mayfield, we saw him in the second half of 2018 and the second half of 2020 supply some upside QB2 value. Let's not completely write the guy off. I'm excited to see how Baker looks fully healthy for a change and with some pretty good weaponry at his hands major faller of the preseason I just think it's got to be Mitch Trubisky. I know he's still starting but this was a situation where really came down the last day that in, you know intern for the Steelers and that unofficial death chart just having himself one hell of a week but with Trubisky, he still had some good moments I mean hell everyone was shitting on him for the one play where he avoids like a sack or two and ends up chucking it downfield like he hit Deontay Johnson in the hands I'm not sure what else he's supposed to do there but it was more so just how impressive Kenny Pickett was uh during August so in the preseason Kenny Pickett number 10 in Among 71 quarterbacks in PFF passing grade, 5th in QB rating, 17th yards per attempt, but not a single turnover-worthy play. So, I know, I know, just the preseason. But when you're kind of in a quarterback competition, and that's your big sample size, better to be, you know, good in that than bad. So, with Trubisky... I just think that if he struggles out of the gate, man, the calls for Pickett are going to be there early and often. It certainly seemed like before August that Trubisky was going to have a longer leash. I don't think that's there now. I'd have an awfully hard time playing him as anything more than a weekly streamer at this point. Even then, come on, what are we doing here? Only real injury situation to monster this week. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson still battling that knee versus the Ravens. This could be terrible if he plays like if he plays baltimore ravens defense all of a sudden goes up to the top because just the way that wilson needs to succeed is really relying on his mobility getting out of the pocket and being able to make some of those just ridiculous off-platform throws that he's making when he is at his best so i really think that you know Flacco, who, yes, he is uh, certainly someone who's going to have a blunder himself. I mean, he had that pretty uh, horrendous pick six during the preseason that all kind of uh, reminded us of some of the lowlights over the years. But I really think a healthy Flacco in a revenge game just gives this offense a little bit better chance than Zach Wilson if he's at less than 100%. So really think for guys like Elijah Moore, uh, Corey Davis, you know, Garrett Wilson, who's still maybe wide receiver four at the time. Everyone on Jets offense, I think, will be in a slightly better situation if Zach Wilson stays on the sideline until he is fully healthy so I took basically the pressure rate from last season of both the offense and the defense and I know it's now 2022 but we're working with the best we got right now and I wanted to see you know what quarterbacks have the highest combined pressure rate on their offensive line and also you know which ones have the lowest so these are the quarterbacks who could be under constant pressure this week based on those numbers Tua against the Patriots Dolphins reigning 32nd ranked offensive line pressure rate allowed they made some improvements but still ranked as 23rd in PFS offensive line rankings so might need Mike Daniel to really scheme up some goodness for Tua in the short areas of the field. And if he does not have time to throw, Kirk Cousins versus the Packers, this is problematic. Last year, only Jameis Winston averaged fewer yards per attempt when pressured versus when kept clean compared to Kirk Cousins. I love when a stat just makes sense. Like we all look at Kirk Cousins when he's out there, and he really is great sometimes. You know, he's a quarterback that I think is. Maybe get some unfair flack because of the wins-loss record compared to actually what he's doing out there. But clean pocket, there really aren't many quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins. The problem is, similar to a Jimmy Garoppolo, once you get even a little bit of pressure on him, things fall apart in a hurry. Also, Marcus Mariota versus Saints. The league's reigning 31st-ranked offensive line and pressure rate. Good luck with Cameron Jordan. Baker Mayfield versus the Browns. Again, Bad Panthers offensive line. Good luck against Miles Garrett. And Ryan Tannehill versus the Giants. slash year, only the Dolphins and Falcons allowed a higher pressure rate than the Titans. On the other side of things, these five quarterbacks could have all day to throw this week. Lamar Jackson against the New York Jets. Only the Lions and Falcons are worse than the Jets in pressure rate. Now, Jets have done a good job improving their whole defense. You know, they were also the worst team in the league against running backs last year. So take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But come on, it's Lamar Jackson versus the Jets. Certainly expecting a big performance from him. Patrick Mahomes against the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe a healthy JJ Watt is just, you know, a game wrecker again, but really losing Chandler Jones. This is the one thing I think could really hold back Arizona from making a pretty big leap this year. Don't forget, even despite having an injured version of Kyler for a lot of the second half and missed a lot of games, sporadic DeAndre Hopkins, like they were only one game all out of first place when the time, uh, when the season was all said and done last year. So really wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Cardinals, Have a great offense, but we could see Patrick Mahomes expose this pass rush in a hurry in Week 1. Tom Brady against the Cowboys. This isn't an indictment against the Cowboys' pass rush. It's, It's more so how great the Buccaneers have been at avoiding pressure because of Tom Brady. I mean, last year, guys... Third quickest average release time among 44 quarterbacks, and he still had the 15th highest average target depth. I mean, usually, you know, you get the Ben Roethlisberger, late career Ben Roethlisberger, uh, average target depth when you have guys getting the ball out of their hand as quickly. The fact that Brady can still have a downfield mindset while having that quick of an average release time, he's truly an anomaly in that, in that uh, statistic. Trey Lance against the Chicago Bears. PFL's 14th Mack offensive line, again, against that Bears pass rush that has been defended without Khalil Mack in the fold. Only the Colts are larger favorites than the 49ers this week. James Winston against the Falcons, again, really setting up nicely against that uh, Falcons defense that was literally the worst pass rush in the league last year in terms of pressure rate. Couple more things before we get to a couple rankings notes. So basically, these are three matchups that have a game total in the 50s and then two offenses that operate at a top 10 pace last season. Shout out to football outsiders for the seconds per play. So these are shootout potentials. And, you know, I get it. They're kind of obvious, but let's just talk about it. Why not? Week one, baby. Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals, the reigning number three and number seven ranked teams in situation neutral pace, got a 53 and a half point game total. Buccaneers versus the Cowboys, top two teams in pace from last season, 50-point game total, and Bills at the Rams, Thursday night special, number nine versus number four in pace, 52.5-point game total. On the other side of things, three matchups have a sub-45-point game total between two offenses that worked at a below-average pace last season, Jaguars and Commanders, Browns and Panthers, as well as the 49ers and Bears. With all that said, everyone, I want to have a few notes here about the fantasy football rankings that go hand in hand with all of this. So you can find this article and my rankings on PFF.com or even check out our new PFF app. PFF Plus subscribers will be able to get this all season long, but you can still actually get all the PFF Plus stuff on the app for free until the season starts. So if you want to go check that out, dip your toes in the water a little bit why the hell not? It's a great day to be great, but I'm not going to list every single quarterback here in the rankings. I will say that, you know, as we kind of get into the season, you're going to see these reflect the season long ranks a little bit, but I really do think there's continues to be a pretty clear top 16 quarterbacks here. So we have our big first tier, just the dual threat alphas, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. And yes, I would even put Trey Lance in there after that. We've had this kind of muddle tier throughout the offseason Russ, Brady, you know, Burrow, and all that. For this week and this week only, I'm putting Dak Prescott at the top of that tier. He is my QB8 this week, just because of how the Cowboys played the Buccaneers last season. Dak threw the ball 58 times in week one last year. We thought it was going to be 2020 all over again. We found out as the season went on, the Cowboys did want to run the ball a little bit more, but against the Buccaneers, they just embraced the passing game. They looked at that front seven that everyone other than Khalil Herbert seemingly struggles against, and they made the conscious decision to throw the hell out of the ball. They kept Ezekiel Elliott the pass block in more than almost any other time in the season and I think we could see a similar strategy so no we only have when we don't have an Amari Cooper out there anymore this is a lesser version of the Cowboys wide receiver core but Kellen Moore smart guy he just engineered the number okay I get it I remember the QB slide too but he still engineered the number one scoring offense last year we got to give him a little bit of credit for that I do think in this week we could see Dak Prescott really flirt with you know the highest amount of total dropbacks of the entire week After that, you know, I have Russell Wilson, QB9, Matthew Stafford, QB15. I really think that Russell Wilson getting to face that Seahawks defense that was already a unit at this point that we weren't particularly scared of. And now you take Bobby Wagner away. I just think Russ is going to have, you know, one hell of a homecoming here. And then Aaron Rodgers' aforementioned Vikings matchup. To me, I'll prioritize them and Tom Brady's more assured value over guys like Joe Burrow facing the Steelers. Always kind of a tough interdivision test. Derek Carr against a vastly improved Chargers defense. Kirk Cousins going up against maybe the best defense in the league in the green Bay Packers and Matthew Stafford with that aforementioned tough spot against the bills. So mentioned Jameis as a good streamer, Matt Ryan's another guy in a pretty good spot against the Houston Texans. He comes in as my QB 18 this week. And then Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz. I mean, Yeah, I get it. Gross. But I think this could be a sneaky shootout between the Jaguars and the Washington Commanders. So I know this hit our, you know, bad list of teams that were slow paced last year and also just have a low game total. But I think when you look at these offenses, they both have very improved weaponry. Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I get it. It's sad. why is it between McLovin and Muhammad type of situation? But he is an upgrade. And Trevor Lawrence, despite how bad last season was, you give him these weapons, you give him maybe an actual 2022 offense to work in, maybe he can surprise and not make a Burrow-esque leap. Like I'm not expecting Trevor Lawrence to be someone we're like, you know, ranking in the top eight by the end of the year. But I think Lawrence could kind of be in that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr tier when it's all said and done on that QB one borderline. So that's going to wrap up. The week one QB preview. It's great to be back, guys. I love having, you know, actual live football ready to be played here imminently. And yeah, great day to be great. Once again, you can check out all this at pff.com on the PFF app. Make sure you go to yourself PFF Plus. So I'm Ian Hartz. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Everybody.